Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Leap, College Loop post game reaction show, where we're going to be talking about the Auburn Georgia game, the Deep South oldest rivalry, the last of the yearly Deep South oldest rivalry for nope, next year's. Next year's. Actually, oh, I also read a couple of things that said that that might the pods aren't finalized. Oh, really? Yeah. So, well, I I think if if they actually decided to, you know, get an actual nine game conference schedule instead of eight that Auburn could get three permanent opponents instead of just, you know, Bama. Mm -hmm. And that would mean playing LSU and Georgia every year again. Cause I I think it's still a cop out, but they're not going to keep those rivalries intact just to add one more game. Agree. That's so stupid. Yeah. But Auburn did in fact lose a game where they should have lost, but they lost by only seven when they were favored to lose by 15. Uh, Overall, not a, it was a good, performance overall uh some things auburn doesn't need to focus on but it it, it, it's i think it's a positive thing that we can be this hurt by a a loss like this the number one team in the country i don't know what you mean by hurt 
Um, I'll be real. Uh, I thought that was the best Auburn's looked all year. That was the best Auburn football team we have seen under Hugh Freeze, in my opinion. Um, they didn't get behind the sticks. They played toe-to-toe deep with, with the number one team in the country. Um, defense was lights out. Um, I mean, I know you give up 27. That's still pretty much lights out um, for given the circumstances. Um, didn't turn the ball over. A um, lot, of, lot of good things. Um, I guess hurt. Oh, Daniel may have lost connection. Yeah, he did. He just texted, but trying to get back in. It's all good. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of good takeaways, and I know you want to talk about those in a second. Um, for those of you guys who are joining us here on the live stream, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the ball game yesterday, despite the outcome. Make sure you remember to drop over in the comments uh, your takes, your takeaways, your questions, things you guys want to talk to us to talk about. Excuse me, sorry, because my voice is absolutely shot today because I was at the game yesterday, so I'm doing everything I can to fight through it. Uh, but I thought there was, I mean, there's a lot of good takeaways um, and overarching theme. Number one that I'm most proud of, other than Auburn playing toe to toe, didn't get behind the sticks. Uh, you just, you just didn't. And, and, and large, you're, you're, there were three sacks on Peyton Thorne, right? Like that was going to happen. That is accounted for. And large, Auburn kept themselves even with or in front of the sticks and did not commit st- silly pen- penalties that would take themselves out of a ball game. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of good here. Um, and, and Daniel, I, I know there's no such thing as moral victories in sports, but, um, this was one of those tangible result, get better games, right? Yeah. Um, obviously it's tough, obviously hear me. I think my internet might've cut out again. Okay. Now we're good. Um, it's just one of those things that it's hard to have words for, um, you get so close, and it's a rival that you haven't beat in a considerable amount of time. That's 2017. Um, the last time Auburn beat Georgia, I didn't even have a learner's permit to drive a car. I couldn't vote. Um, yeah. Um, so it's really just kind of you, – you hate to see that slip away. Um, but – you, you got to be proud of the effort. Um, I know it was only a 14 and a half point spread, but still you didn't let them cover. Um, and you fought for 60 minutes. Um, you gave everything you had the whole day. And that's really all you can ask for from a team at the end of the day, you know? And you played 57 minutes of really good football. Yeah. 57 minutes of winning football. That's a takeaway. Um, your overarching takeaways, Dylan. Thoughts? I mean, I, I again go back to the penalties. It's it's such a breath of fresh air that we didn't have to sit there and listen to the ref call out Gunnar Britton or Xavion Miller or Dylan wait a couple of times for holdings and false starts. Only one penalty for five yards. That's that's a huge positive. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me. When it comes to a game like this, it, it when you're in a game that you shouldn't be in, you start to you start to start gaining that uh, that feeling of emotion that just hurts when you lose it. Hope. Some of us had it after a while. Some of us called the game after Georgia scored a first touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let y'all determine who said that. Uh, but yeah, after a while, it it, it does it did hurt to lose this game. It hurt a lot because it was a game we were not expecting to be in, and uh, we were in it until the very end, and things just went. Stupid. Uh, didn't turn off the ball at all the entire game until the very end of the game, just when you're in a make a play or bust kind of situation. 
overall, I think the offense uh, played fairly well, uh, rushing-wise. Uh, passing, still waiting for any kind of uh, identity through the passing game. But I think this bye weekend, playing an LSU defense that uh, does not look good at all, uh, it might actually benefit uh, Peyton, Thorne, Peyton Thorne's ability to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, passing specifically from Peyton Thorne, it's not passing, it's a problem. It's damn receiving. I mean, it, it, it's bad. Uh, there there were a number of occasions, and I know they're not easy easy footballs to catch, but they're well-placed balls. Um, the, I think I read a number that was what, six of his nine incompletions were drop passes. Um, you're not going to beat the number one team in the country like that. You're not going to beat a lot of teams like that. And am I discounting the fact that Georgia has a premier secondary in college football? Absolutely not. Am I naive to the fact that Georgia is a defense full of dudes? Absolutely not. In a game like that, if you're going to win big games and you're going to seal big moments, you make big plays. Um, Rivaldo Fairweather had, in my opinion, the most gut-wrenching drop, and it wasn't his fault. It was great defense. Great defense. But that's also not on Peyton Thorne, by the way. Yeah, um, great ball. Well-placed football. Um, I think it was on the two, three-yard line. and in, Inside the five, confidently, yeah. right? Right, yeah. Um, that would have changed, probably changed, quite possibly changed the outcome of the game. And 13 went up and high-pointed the football. And Georgia just had a defender do what Georgia defenders do. And that's break up a pass and and put the seatbelt on. And I know that there's there's elements of that and everything. Um, receiving does have to get better. If you're going to win big football games, guys have to step up and make big plays. Now, on the other, on the other side of this uh, field, Georgia did not look like the number one team in the country on Saturday. And I'm not taking anything away from Auburn because I actually think it speaks more to Auburn than it does to Georgia. Um, first off, I will slander. Um, Carson Beck is not that good. And most Georgia fans, if not all, will agree with that. Um, shit, Kirby Smart after this week might agree with that. Um, you lose the game on a drive that consisted of getting the ball to Brock Bowers. That should have been their game plan the entire time, by the way. Brock Bowers, for 57, 55 minutes of football, was covered as well as you could expect to cover Brock Bowers. Uh, the two and a half quarters of just blanket on Brock Bowers. Yes. And and a lot of people are are saying, you know, if you, you know, if you could have locked Brock down, you did. You really did. He made two phenomenal catches, one-handed catches, back to back on the same drive. The son of a bitch is a winner. I mean, you, you, you can dislike him. Um, yeah, Teresa said, but he has Brock Bowers and the other receiver that would come in on third downs. Yeah, I mean, that's what made Carson Beck look good. That's kind of what I'm, I'm speaking to. But shit, Brock Bowers is a top five pick in the NFL draft. He's one of the best football players in the country. I think he those, is. <laughs> those are, I, I don't know. Michael Penix is pretty good. Um, but um, that that's apples to oranges, right? Dudes like that win you football games. I mean, it's it's. I'm not just making excuses and sounding pathetic. Guys like that win you football games. And he went out and, like I said, son of a bitch is a winner. So I mean, what what can you what can you really be faulted there? I, I, I mean. One of those Brock Bowers catches were just a bad, the bad throw, and he just made it an even better catch. That's just the bad throw is just Brock Bowers. Yeah, and I mean, go back to the drops on the offense. I mean, you had that Malcolm. Some of it was personnel. Malcolm Johnson should never be your go up and get a fifty-fifty ball receiver. That was just a bad play. It was a good, it was a well-placed ball. And if that Shane hooks or Valdo, that ball comes down and Auburn gets a first down on that play. Uh, 
those last two passes to Jay Fair at the end of the game, those should not have been the uh, the slant. Is a good call. He, you can't throw a high ball to Jay Fair like that. You're going to get him killed. And he did it twice. Uh, it, it it was a personnel thing. Uh, some the, the drops, yes, sucked, but some of those passes that should have been caught could have been changed if it was a different personnel. Well, sure, that falls on the coaching too. But yeah. I, when I say receiving, I don't I don't mean just the receivers. I'm talking about the offensive coordinating staff and the receiver uh, receiving coaches. That's on you. I'm making sure you got the right guys in for the right schematics. Daniel, I didn't hate the run heavy emphasis this week. I know that a lot of people are complaining about the the pass you know lack of pass game. I think Auburn just did what they did best, right? Yeah. Um, what's the point of planning, or what's the point of just trying to force it? I mean, it's not going to work. You're either going to throw an incompletion, get sacked, or throw an interception. So you might as well do what you're able to do. Um, I really like those five yard digs. Um, I really like the passes to Brian Batie out of the backfield. Um, I Pretty thought cool. those worked pretty well, and I think you're going to see those sorts of plays on the play sheet more uh, heading into Baton Rouge. This this off week really couldn't come as, at a better time. Correct. Um, sorry, <clears throat> allergies. Uh, Tara and I were talking about earlier today. It's, it's that time of year. Um, but sorry, I lost train of thought. Um, something about Baton Rouge and <laughs> oh yeah, right. So you're three and two. Um. This is a really tough three-game stretch. This Texas A&M game, then Georgia, and then Baton Rouge, or then LSU. And at the beginning of the season, I said, I just wanted to see them win one of these three. Well, you've lost the first two, so you have one more shot. Um, and I think this is a very winnable game. That LSU defense looked abysmal yesterday. I think that's the most points LSU's ever given up. Is did I see that right? I don't know. Dylan it seems like seven seven hundred yards from Ole Miss. It was the most total offense they'd ever given up. The most okay. points they've given up was that crazy LSU. Right. Right. I remember seven OT seven overtime game. Right. Okay. Well, um, just not a good showing from that defense. Um, so I think that Auburn will be able to move the ball. In Baton Rouge, I was really worried about that a few weeks ago, in front of probably one of the toughest road crowds, if not the eh, actually no, the toughest road crowd you'll play in front of, particularly if it's a night game. Um, right. If it's an 11 a.m. game, like Tiger Stadium at 11 a.m. is, they'll let a mid Florida team go in and have a really good day against them. So it's like collaboratively hungover, collectively yeah. hungover. Um, I'm going to that game as a fan, my one game going as a fan this season. So I don't want it to be an 11 a.m. kick um, because then I'd have to wake up early. Um, <laughs> however, I would not be opposed um, other than that because 11 a.m. kicks always benefit the road team. And after the way this week went, I would not be shocked. Like, I haven't looked at the rest of the slate yet uh, for that week, but I wouldn't be shocked. This is an 11 a.m. kick. Oh, uh, got a and m and Alabama. That's 2.30. That, oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's next week. Never mind. Uh, hold on. Uh, I'll look at that real quick. I will say while, while you're looking that up, yesterday, this is probably crazy. I mean, this is people are just going to think I'm nuts. Um, yesterday gave me a lot of confidence in Auburn. Going forward, when you take on LSU, when you take on Ole Miss, um, 
folks, Dylan and I really got into it yesterday. Um, and he thinks I'm the ultimate pessimist. I think Auburn's going to win damn Iron Bowl. I, 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 I really just think that this was the least winnable game on your schedule. And then the way you played yesterday really proved to me that when this team's on its P's and Q's and you play up to the level of your opponent or they play down, so be it. If it benefits you, why do you care, right? I think that Auburn can really still make some noise. I really do. Um, I think that it's on the table um, that, that you take down LSU and Baton Rouge. With, I'm with you, Daniel, with the fact that – I mean, Jaden Daniels is awesome. I mean, let's, let's be real. He's awesome. Um, and that, they got they got a group of receivers there that can, that can get the job done. Neighbors is great. Um, but this Auburn defense, I mean, sorry, folks, if I jinx it, jinx it, but I think this Auburn defense is awesome. I, I do. I, I, I'm, I'm much impressed. Yes, I see Dylan's lovely girlfriend, Lauren Collins, said loves the Robbie Ashford jersey. Yeah, she was there when I bought it. Yeah, you planted that seed to get her to say that on the show. I'm convinced. I, I did after, not. That was after, completely on her. After you and I chirped about that earlier. I, I will um, say, looking at the slate, Auburn's time for LSU is completely dependent on if LSU can beat Missouri next week. That's not going to happen. Missouri's a good team. Missouri's, shockingly, a really good team. Um, and I, I really, I mean, shoot, if Missouri beats LSU next week, I'm going to feel really good, though. About they play, Auburn. They play at Missouri, too. Yeah, I'm going to feel very good about Auburn's chances because I think that LSU's defense is bad enough that, and that Auburn's defense is good enough. And I'm still a big, you know, defense wins championships guy. Not that the championship's on the table, but you know what I mean. Um, I think that that actually plays favorite to Auburn. Um, now, Death Valley is another one of those mental hell holes for Auburn fans. I get it. Um, and one is probably not enough. One win is probably not enough to cleanse that. I'm in that boat. Um, but that's plausible. I was a little hesitant about Ole Miss going into this week after AM. I was I was not confident about Ole Miss. I feel a whole lot better about Ole Miss now. Um, and then you have Vanderbilt and Missouri. I mean, shoot, you you could look at eight wins. You could you could look at eight wins still. Oh yeah. Because Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Mississippi State, Arkansas. I think Arkansas Arkansas might be on like bottom of the sec west this year yeah they're close to the bottom they're they're well they're not below mississippi state but they're they are slowly imploding they are starting to realize sam Pittman not a good head coach if you nab one of the next two i think you win eight games oh for um, sure but that is predicting that auburn like wins the iron ball <laughs> like, you gotta I, I think i think auburn splits all miss lsu but i do think there's a world where they beat both of them I don't yeah. think their defenses are not good. You get Ole Miss at home and LSU. If you can just that retweet, retweet that. Yeah, there it this, is. I think that might have been exactly what you're about to say. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Auburn needs this bye week more than anything in the world. I'm also I'm starting a petition. Can Auburn get a bye week after every game just to give everybody team everybody time to like, you know, put on a cast, uh, rest your body for a week right. and get healthy. Uh you can't have Death Valley is gross. Players are going to be falling over the place again. Uh, just kind of keep that to a minimum, please. Right. Uh, if you can just lock down Jaden Daniels and put DJ James on Malik Neighbors the entire time, there's a good chance Auburn could find a rhythm passing the ball against this LSU secondary that uh, we were very wrong about, Tar. We thought LSU was going to be the team in the West. I think the West might get decided against next week against AM and Alabama. Uh, 
dependent on that. Uh, depending on the Iron Bowl, though, too. Uh, yeah, just retweet uh, my distant cousin, former president Jimmy Carter. Uh, LSU's defense is hot garbage, and it starts with them putting Harold Perkins in the wrong spot. He's an edge rusher, not a middle linebacker. Correct, by the way. Absolutely. Brian yeah. Kelly might have might have found his way back on like some another team's like list. Shit list. Yeah, because uh, again, like Arkansas fans are imploding on Sam Pittman. LSU fans are starting to implode on Brian Kelly, and we're only a year and a half in. I don't know if that's true. I think it's just the loudest ones that are imploding on BK. I think most of them are patient. Teresa said split split LSU and Ole Miss. I'd rather beat Ole Miss and Kiffin. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably the general consensus. Is that most people <laughs> I, have the Ole Miss game over the LSU game this year. Um, if, if Auburn wins the LSU game, um, I think there's a lot of Auburn fans that can, like, mentally start feeling better about, like, every game is a fair chance. Um, because there's always like that fluke factor. Uh, like I'll be the one to tell you that, and Dylan and I have chirped about it enough off off air for us to not get into it right now. But like, if Auburn were to beat Georgia next year, I would simply still not believe that Auburn was ever going to win a, win again because I'm in that mental hell hole. I sure as hell don't believe that they can win in Athens. So you, you, you need so much therapy for what George has done to you mentally. I mean, the, the numbers are just there. We're not getting into it, but the numbers are there. I will say the thing with LSU and Arkansas. I know it's like off topic. The issue with those two fan bases and their coach, they had success in year one. So now they expect it every year. Let's get back to Auburn because this is right. Keontae yes. Scott needs to get healthy and would have been a uh, matchup for Bowers instead of Zion Puckett. Okay. Can I compliment Zion Puckett about this though first? Because I thought Zion Puckett played out of his freaking mind for what the matchup he was given was. Yeah, I mean, DK was on Bowers most of the game. Yeah, but there were a handful of pass breakups that were intended for Bowers, though, Zion. Like the oh, one in the, in the corner of the end zone. zone. Yeah. Like, he, honestly, he could have just covered him that one time that I would have noticed, and I would have still given him props because it's a big-time play. I think the play the play call, the defensive scheme should have been have DK cover him down low and then give him to Puckett in the middle of the field. That way there's at least someone on him at every level of the field. That that one catch he got, that actually counted. The other one-handed catch didn't count because it got pulled back. Right. <clears throat> If Puckett had been aware of the fact that, you know, Bowers coming his way instead of, you know, him breaking off of DK, that play doesn't happen. Right. And that's the annoying part about having a guy that's as good as Brock Bowers. It's just stupid. I don't even think he has like a, he doesn't, I don't think he has a route to run whenever he has like the, the plays called. It's like, you know, just run. Just vibes. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw the ball. You're down there somewhere. Yeah. Literally, F it. Brock Bowers is down there somewhere, which is not how it should work with the tight end, by the way. Um, that's just how crazy he is. You can't cover him with a linebacker because he's too fast for a linebacker, and you can't put a safety on him because he's too big for a safety. It's agree, agree. It's a fact. Um, not to steer away from the Brock Bowers love that we've been giving this show, um, because I mean, shoot, credit where credits due, right? Come to Carolina. Um, <laughs> Come to the Panthers. We have gone twenty, had a twenty-minute cooldown since before we started this show. Um, and we do need to talk about quarterback play. Um, we had a really interesting Instagram comment that's been deleted since then. And I am calling you out if you're listening. I'm sorry. Um, is that the one that I came at? Yeah, that's since been deleted, um, which is fine. Um, someone said something to the effect of, I can't wait to listen to the Peyton, uh, to the to the college loop to find some way how they're going to spin zone this um, and make this Peyton Thorne's fault. Um, I don't particularly know that we've ever been critical of Peyton Thorne unjustifiably. Um, 
he's 10 of 19 this week. And if you want me to play true percentages, um, I will, I'm probably gonna be the nicest person here because I'm not, Dylan and I aren't even, are not going to bicker about it today. It's just not going to go anywhere and you guys are going to get really bored. Um, if you guys want to be really, really generous and, and, and I'll find a happy medium that Dylan and I could probably agree on. I'll call that 14 of 19 because it's six, six drop passes. Come on for those. You got to make a play, right? Um, 14 of 19. And then if you flex those yards, probably call it what a buck 15, um, through the air, um, with a pick at the end of the game in garbage time. What does that really matter? Um, I mean, it does, but it doesn't right. Like at some point, like that, the pick was just it. That's it. Trying to make a play on fourth down, like whatever. It's an arm punch. That, that's going to happen. That's going to happen like eight times out of 10. Yeah. That, that can happen to the best of the best. Right. Um, personally, uh, I mean, also, let's not forget 12 carries for 92 yards. Um, took a couple of sacks. That was going to happen against Georgia. I thought Peyton Thorne, folks, buckle up. I'm sorry. I thought Peyton Thorne game managed fine. Um, and, and that's, I think what, I think what we're discovering is that's what Peyton Thorne is, is he's a game manager. Um, and whether that's for the best or not, I'll leave that up to your interpretation. Um, I think that that's the outlook, Daniel. And I'm doing, I'm only throwing it to Daniel first. Cause I know you're going to chime in. Daniel, I think that's the outlook I'm going to go with for the rest of the year is that Peyton Thorne is just a game manager, that he's not an exceptional quarterback, but he's not a horrible quarterback. And maybe that's just kind of what this Auburn team needs for stable stability right now. I mean, yeah. Um, it'd be nice to just have a complete stud in the backfield. Um, but we Auburn doesn't. And at this point, Thorne's career, kind of what you see is what you get. Right. Um, right. There's not really more development time that I'm willing to give him at least. Um, that that's a great point. Um, he's pretty bad in late game scenarios. Um, well, minus Cal. Um, but yesterday, just I knew that Auburn was not going to tie it on that last drive. Um, I knew that they were going to force it and they'd get picked off. Uh, I think deep down, everyone in the stadium knew that that was probably going to be the case. Yep. I doubt too many people thought that they were going to lead a how I assume 75 yard drive and score. Um, but yeah, if, if he can figure out how to be a consistent game manager, like I'm fine with that. And that, that that's another good point. Um, he did play with a lot of heart and th- that definitely can't be overstated, but it can be like, th- that's great if you have heart, but at the end of the day, you get, you gotta get it. You gotta get it done. And to your credit, Daniel, or not to your credit, but to your point, um, I think that what you and I are kind of agreeing with here is um, he's a game manager quarterback. If your game plan is good enough, you can be right there. Um, yeah. he's, going, he's going to know the game plan. Um, and, and I think, to be to be completely candid, I, I think he has known the game plan at this point all year. I think the A&M game plan was atrocious, and I don't think any of us are going to disagree about that. Um, but that's, that's in the past, right? That is significantly in the past. We're talking about Georgia. And I think that he sticks to the game plan and that almost any big moment is too big. But when you look at let's let's think about some of the like notable game managers of all time where the if the moment was too big, they would fold under pressure. Actually just look to the other side of this rivalry. I mean, look at the Hudson Masons of the world, of the um at the um Grayson Lamberts of the world. They would win ten games, but big moment, that's not it. Aaron Murray. 
Aaron Murray, not not the guy. Jake um, Fromm. Kind of. Jake Fromm a little more of a clutch gene. But. <laughs> Justin Fields. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Justin Fields wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. <laughs> the fake punt, dude. He was on the fake yeah, punt. Yeah, that's his fault. But <laughs> I think that I think that there's a lot of to be said, Jimmy, about Thorne playing with a lot of heart. Um, I don't think you have a quarterback on this roster that's an answer. You don't have an X Factor guy, and unfortunately, like a, an overall superstar. Which this is. I'm sorry, I have to say this. Bo Nix wins this game, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's just true. Um, Cam Newton. Sorry, let me say this. Cam Newton wins this game. Well, by Cam the way. Newton for sure wins this game. But like a Bo Nix, like a guy like that, wins this game. Um, you just don't have an X factor at quarterback, and to win a game against the number one team in the country, you can have some dudes, and like still be at a serious deficit. Circa all the cramps that Auburn had because they couldn't sub because they didn't have depth. And still win if you've got a dog at quarterback. Um, like a Shador Sanders wins that game. You know what I mean? Um, like someone that that has those special flashes. I just don't think that's Thorne. Yeah, I, I I watched this game. And, I mean, the only thing I got to say is Robbie Asher needs to get more touches when it comes to playing on this offense. Peyton Thorne ran the ball very well for I, – I think he had two very good runs. The one, on th- one of the two third-down conversions Auburn had. That's another thing we got to talk about. Uh, Jimmy Carter, thank you. Jarrett Stidham or Nick Marshall win this game as well. Those are kind of X Factor guys, though, right? And and that's also like the that's the that is the hot that is the upside to both guys on our roster. By the way, if Peyton Thorne can play better, if he can reach Jarrett Stidham is like his ceiling, and we talked about that ceiling for Robbie Robbie Ashford is Nick Marshall. That is both of the quarterbacks on this roster ceilings to win this game. What's up, James? What's up, James? Uh, yeah, Robbie needs. I I bought the jersey. By the way, if you didn't already know, I'm wearing a Robbie Ashford jersey because I had to buy it for the bit. President of the fan club, got to get it. And he needs to get more touches in his offense. Uh, even even he freeze agrees with that statement. He said so in the, in the post game presser. Uh, and if you're gonna call that many run quarterback run plays, I mean it's only so long before Georgia started to catch on to it. And Peyton Thorne, for as sneaky of a runner as he is, he's not fast. He's not quick. He's not going to make a couple of guys miss. That's not something he does. Don't take away from the fact he did make some damn plays yesterday, though. He did make some plays, yes. He did make some plays. But I think if you give the ball to Robbie Ashford a little bit more, I think it changes the course of the game a little bit because Robbie Ashford can make – that one third down – uh, they put Robbie Ashford in, and they it was just a simple handoff to Jarquez Hunter. That was a dumb play call. I don't think you ever just have Robbie Ashford in the game to hand off the ball, and there's not an option to for him to run it or throw it. I need to see the RPO more, and that goes into having both guys play more. So James, James Runnett, friend of the program at this point. He's around enough. We appreciate you, James. Thanks for always being here. Uh, fellas, with the bye week, how are you feeling about a possible change at quarterback? So came in at the perfect time. Um, we're kind of in that – kind of leading up to that conversation right now. Um, Dylan, before I get to James's question, I'll, I'll throw it back up on the screen here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to shockingly agree with you a little bit here. Let me put a caveat about implementing Robbie Ashford more. And you said, you're, you know, he admits it himself, you know, you got to work him in a little bit more. Short field, you got to work Robbie Ashford in more. I don't mind playing the long game with Thorne, at least making them have to have, a, I guess, kind of a six in the box committed but also have to have that seventh guy ready to go either way, right? That DB ready to go either way. Um, if you're playing short field ball, I know there's the argument that Robbie Ashford, 
you know, when they put him in the game, everyone's expecting him to run. And so they're going to stack the box, you know, whatever opponent. I get that strongly. I do. Um, sometimes when you stack the box against Robbie Ashford, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he had a whole drive to yeah. himself and ended in a touchdown. Yeah, I, I get that. I, sample size is weird, though, because – I don't know that Robbie Ashford does that every single time he touches the ball against Georgia. I don't think that's how probably, that shapes up. Probably not, well, that's going to be the case yeah. with anybody in, in his game. <laughs> Correct. I'm talking about I'm talking about consistently either. I mean, but you were given the ball in short field, generated turnover, right? You get the ball in, in short field. That is Robbie Ashford territory. Um, I don't know that the tw- your own twenty is Robbie Ashford territory. That being said, there are packages and implements. Um, uh, James said, hi, Teresa, I'm late, but I made it. So you're catching up now, James. We're glad, glad that you're here. We're talking, talking about that. Um, let's see here. Who's this? Hobie 44, the offense needs more consistent, um, to use Robbie to avoid putting him in do or die situations. Sorry, by the way, Hobie, when I hovered over your name, it just like disappeared. So that's, uh, that, again, that is, uh, that is my father. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, your dad's still, um, sorry, uh, Mr. Lark, uh, your name still disappeared when I went to put the. The banner up. Yeah, and it goes back. If they wanted to implement this week, trying to get Robbie Ashford more playing time, that, that now's the time to do it. Give Robbie Ashford. And something I make the joke every time it happens, just because I every time someone tells me about Robbie Ashford, why he shouldn't start, they go to the he can't throw thing, and then every time I see him make a throw. I had to go, oh, my God, did you see that? Robbie Ashford made a throw. That's crazy. That's wild. Robbie Ashford can throw the ball? That's crazy. Who would have ever thought that? Robbie Ashford can throw the ball down the field or at least keep it short, out routes, slants, those swing passes. He had a, he threw a he threw a beautiful uh, swing pass to Brian Batiste right where he needed to be, right in front of him to where he can keep momentum. That's the kind of stuff that Robbie Ashford needs to be implemented in when it comes to RPOs. Let him throw the swing passes. Let him throw those out routes. Let him keep the defense honest, and believe me, he can make people miss. The people in here are James and me and Dylan's family and girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, my entire family is uh, supporters of the loop. Yeah, we appreciate the Lark family. But also, <laughs> to also Teresa, to be honest with you, um, our haters don't show up on the live streams. They show up <clears> in the comments. So They only show up uh, whenever there's not context to our quotes either. It's so funny. It's awesome. I think I deleted his comment. That was also I love when they delete comments whenever we uh, acknowledge them. No, I, not we being you. I don't acknowledge uh, them. I acknowledge them. If you're gonna call me out, I'm gonna call you out. And then yeah, if you're gonna delete your comment, I have the notification still. I know you're at still, dude. You do that. <laughs> but do that. yeah, um, I, get, let Robbie Ashford throw the ball more. Keep a defense honest if you want to implement a more RPOs should be exactly what Robbie Ashford goes into play. I'm going to backtrack here for a second and not talk quarterbacks. Sorry, guys. If you have more quarterback questions, drop them in the chat. We'll be talking. We'll be talking. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, your dad was cracking me up in the live chat. Um, Daniel, uh, George Matthews has a situational question. I'll ask that in a second. You and I talked about this, I think, a little bit earlier. We were at the volleyball game, which, by the way, Auburn Volleyball, 3-1 over UGA earlier today. Electric atmosphere. Auburn Softball, 2-0 yeah. in exhibition games. That's right. That's right. Um, the NEV was a great atmosphere today, by the way, Daniel. That was fun. Um, I want to talk situational uh, play calling, uh, and by that, not play calling, decision making. Am I the only one a little irritated still by not kicking the ball in fourth and one in the first half? Hind- hindsight 2020, I was okay with it in the time. 
after the fact, I was like, yeah, maybe you should kick the ball there. Daniel? I mean, to win a big game, you have to be aggressive. Um, was that the right call? I don't know. But I see the line of reasoning. Um, if it had been fourth and five, or hell, if it was fourth and three, um, my thoughts would probably be different. But since it was fourth and one, um, I'm fine with it. Also, I think Auburn gets that if the ball is snapped to Peyton Thorne's chest. So let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, Peyton Thorne made, maybe made his most athletic plays grabbing snaps on Saturday. And it's not just one. And Jimmy Carter mentioned it. The center needs to work on snaps as well. Con- constantly ruining the time of, of the play call, um, especially the run plays. Oh, my God, you're so right. Um, the amount of times that it almost looked like Peyton Thorne was going out for a rebound. Um, I was like, you're not playing basketball. Not supposed to make that move. Um, that was pretty wild. Um, that's just something that is a silly mistake that you can't make. Even if you're a split half second late on your block, I, your quarterback, especially on a run play, would rather you just hit him in the damn chest with football. Um, even if you're a, a tenth of a second late on your block. Um, so that's something that you need to that needs to improve. Absolutely. Yeah, Avery um, Jones needs to be in the in the gym this correct. next two weeks. Just set him up with the like a target, like a target on the wall behind him. Like yeah, you know, like you know the Wii Sports game with the tennis, and you had to like hit the targets on the wall. Exactly. Let him do that. That's pretty much exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> George Matthews said exactly in the third quarter drive that Robbie was leading. Why, why, why was Peyton Thorne brought in for third and one and fourth and one? I don't yell at the TV as much as I used to do. I do. Sorry, George. Uh, but when I saw Peyton Thorne in there, comma, I think you should use an ellipsis next time. It makes it even funnier. Uh, but yes, um, I. It's situational personnel. That let's let's get real. Let's get real. Daniel, true or false? And expand if you want. I think situational personnel still is getting better week to week. Yeah. Um, this offense is a puzzle. And, you know, sometimes you have to just kind of mix and match and throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. It's like making Um, So if that includes being rotational at the quarterback position, I mean, I honestly believe that's what gives this team the best chance to win football games. And, you know, everyone always says if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, yada, yada, yada. That applies to championship contender teams. This team is just trying to float right now. Um, So they need to do what they can to not sink. And if that's flipping back and forth um, between Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford in different situations that they're respectively better at, that's fine with me. I I think third one, fourth and one situations, I feel like those situations are probably – Favor all favor the Robbie Ashford side of things when it comes I to agree. trying to get short yard of situations. I agree, and I like the puzzle uh, analogy. That was like, great. No, you're that was perfect. You know those puzzles you can buy that are just like white, and you had to figure out a way to get them all to fit somehow in some way. Yeah. That's that's this offense. We had when I was when I was growing up, it was all like reflective. Oh, gross! You want to talk that's... about something that was toxic to put together? I would just throw it in the fire. <laughs> Let's talk about putting together a mirror. 
Yeah, if you're going to run these short yard situations and and do or die situations where you need a first down or you know you're not going to get points this drive kind of thing, and because you already, I think at that moment in time, whenever they got to the third and short situation, it was a pretty much set in stone. We're going for it on fourth down kind of thing. And if they're going to load the box for Robbie Ashford, we saw that in the game. They can't catch Robbie Ashford on the edge if they if the blocks are set up properly, by the way. Uh, and that works for literally anybody uh, at quarterback. Tom Brady can rush for five yards if he has the blocks for it. Uh, you got to throw in the RPOs. Keep it even. Third and one RPOs are perfect for it. You can run the ball if it's – you can give the running back the ball if, if the defense persists. Run a quarterback and keep it, and then you'd have like Rivaldo Fairweather right, right there, two yards in front of you. You could just still shovel pass. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. I'm first um, here between a couple of loyal listeners of the loop um, and kind of walk through this. Um, James Barnett said, "Harrison, I'm with you. I, I believe that's in reference to my frustration with not kicking the ball." Um, on fourth and one because then he goes on to say i also i'm also equally irritated by taking robbie out on third and one especially when he got us auburn two third and one you leave him in and Auburn probably scores along with the three points i said um yeah i would agree there and then Teresa jumps in and said that was the one play i really disagree with the rest of the play calling was decent i also agree with that i do um and then Teresa mentioned but then peyton thorne handed off the ball robbie could have done that and at least been a threat they had to watch for like a disguise yeah um yeah uh, Lloyd O'Daniel. It was a full yard. Uh, the you, you, Lloyd O'Daniel said, "How about a QB sneak for one yard?" I will say this: um, I don't feel good about either one of those guys QB sneaking against that Georgia front seven when it's a full yard. If it's yeah. like fourth and a foot, we can talk. Um, a full yard, absolutely, the hell not. I and mean, you got to think about the quarterbacks. Uh, if it like you get when you think about quarterbacks that can do QB sneaks from a yard out. Uh, that's going to be your more six foot four and up, six foot five and up, actually. 250 guys, guys who look like they're defensive linemen uh, at quarterback. Like Cam Newton would have just dove three yards over a, over both lines and got the first down on that. <laughs> Robbie Ashford is more of your RG3 archetype quarterback. He's going to outrun you more than he is going to run through you. And Peyton Thorne is just, if I'm open, I'm going to take it a couple yards more than right. I probably should. Here's your question, Daniel. Teresa poses a good one. Uh, why is Auburn snapping in the shotgun on fourth and one? Uh, sneak or handoff to Sean Jackson that just pushes the line. A lot of teams are doing this now. Why? Um, my thought is, I mean, sometimes the defense just knows what's coming. And if you put the quarterback in shotgun – you know, that gives the defense the – that plants a seed in their mind that they might throw this. Um, go ahead, Dylan. I was going to say, just to throw out there, Sean Jackson had a kick return, by the way. He did. He did. <laughs> he he had tried a, everyone there. He had a really good one, too. But go ahead, Daniel. I just had to throw that out there because that was nah, – You're good. Um, so that's why I think they do it, just kind of – get the defense to commit a little less um, manpower to stopping the run and still have some DBs in coverage just in case um, you do decide to throw. Um, but I'm not really a fan of it. I mean, why why limit yourself? That takes up too much time because on a QB sneak, you don't have a lot of time. Or, like, if you're running up the middle, like, you just don't have a ton of time for that. Like, you got to get it done. 
Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Um, Teresa asked if this was uh, a full yard. It may have been two feet, but that foot still makes a difference in my book. Um, it may not have even been a full yard, but at that, it, I just I don't like either one of these guys. Yeah, you, you have to trust that O line to make the push too. It's not I, just. I don't. And then Lloyd Lloyd O'Daniel expanded on this. You guys are really hung up on that play, which is fine. I mean, we can talk about it as long as y'all want. I appreciate the feedback. But, uh, but bad, eight, bad plays affect everybody. I think Seahawks fans still talk about the slant to the yeah. to this day. I mean, okay. bad plays affect you. <laughs> uh, Lloyd Daniel said it was an H back or a running back pushing. I don't. I, no, I'm just going to be honest. No, I don't trust either one of these guys. Robbie Ashford included. Sorry, guys. Um, on a QB dive, I don't. Um, I would trust like a wildcat direct snap to Sean Jackson. Yeah. But do I trust do I trust uh, Avery Jones to get the ball to Sean Jackson's chest? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jimmy Carter said, "No disrespect to Thorny, did the best he could do, but point blank, Robbie's QB one, especially for what this offense can do right now." Um, anybody but not anyone not named me can go first here. I mean, for what this offense did against Georgia, what it did very well, which is run the ball, Robbie Ashford probably could have been a difference maker. You, the the thing is always Auburn doesn't have an X-factor quarterback, but Robbie Ashford is an X-factor when it comes to running the ball. Uh, and it's just all about getting consistent with passing the ball. And again, we just don't really have the tape that tells us that he can't do that. All we can really just do is assume just because he's not passing the ball whenever he's in that they don't want him to pass the ball. That's all you can really do is assume. Uh, and it's clear that they're excusing him for his athletic ability, uh, which is just have him go in and either hand it off or keep it himself. Uh, but if let him let him throw the ball a little bit and just kind of if if he freezes this high on Robbie Ashford as he sounds in press conferences, I mean I'm you know I'm one to speak because I'm the Robbie Ashford truther. Don't no out here terrorizing Teresa by the way, talking about the Seahawks. <laughs> Don't worry, my uncle's a Seahawks fan as well. He's also a Georgia fan. I got to make him suffer somehow. Uh, but yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do all these QB design QB runs and these read options and these triple option situations and RPOs, I mean, there's only one quarterback on the roster that really fits that mold of quarterback that you want for those, and that's Robbie Ashford. Daniel, your take? Um. Hmm. I'll throw something out there if you want to piggyback yeah. off. You can. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't think, guys, I don't think it matters. Um, I think that I really think it's six, one half dozen the other. You'd change your game plan. I, I it's just, just being transparent with you. Um, first off, I thought Peyton Thorne actually was a good pass for the ball on Saturday. So let's make sure we understand that. Um, we all know the speculation. I'm kind of sick and tired of talking about the whole can Robbie throw thing or not, can Peyton run thing or not. Like, I think that their skill sets are so like, slightly different in terms of yes Robbie's significantly more athletic but yes I do believe that Peyton Thorne is a significantly better passer um and in, in terms of progressions if nothing else I mean did, does check the ball down um I think that it is such a level trade uh, such a trade-off there that it's just a level playing field and you just scheme your offense um you might have some more chunk plays with Robbie Ashford in terms of having to trust the QB situation and you know keep a spy at home but I just Guys, I think you're just trading um, maybe game for game. Like you may just, it may just benefit you against one team and not as much against another. It just may be trading wins down the stretch. Um, and, you know, I get that. There, there are teams that, that that you'd rather beat and that you think that this guy could perform better against this defense than the, than the other guy. And, you know, so be it. That's fine. I guess, guys, I don't like Auburn doesn't have a QB1. Like it's, no. it's, it's, it's weak. 
we're going to week six now to the bye week. Auburn doesn't have a QB one and, mm-hmm. and, and they won't have a QB one this year. Uh, that's just kind of the harsh reality. Uh, you have a QB. You, if you wanted, if you want to say Auburn has a QB one, um, Auburn has a QB one A and QB QB A QB one A one B. Sorry, one A and one B. And you can decide whoever you think that is. Whatever makes you feel better. You know what I mean? Whatever helps you sleep at night and whatever you think it is. Um, but Auburn doesn't have a doesn't have an X factor. And it's the most important position on the field. So I just I don't know, Daniel. Is that that about right? Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like it just it feels like we're we're beating a dead horse now. Yeah. Um Teresa says if it's the same, if it's the same, play Robbie. He loves Auburn. Grew up here, loving Auburn. Don't know if PT can have that passion. Hey, look, um, Teresa, I'm not dogging on you. I'm really not dogging on people that want that want Robbie. I'm not dogging on people that want Peyton. I think that my exhaustion um, about the subject is just that um, is that I'm just kind of over talking about this fluent situation because it doesn't really feel like we're ever going to get an answer. Um, and you just don't have a guy right now. And, and I, you know, if it's, if it's your thing that Robbie, you know, for the apparent love of Auburn, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that in the passion. Um, he sure as hell more fun to watch play football. That's, that's not, I don't even think that anyone argues that he's more fun to watch play football. Um, so I get it. Um, go ahead and throw James question up, Dylan. Sorry. My voice is really going now. It is really gone. I can take over for you if you. Yeah, a little Please bit do. of a break. Do. I am, it, I'm James, thanks for the question. Fellas, question. Do you think Robbie opens up the passing game because of his running threat? I said that because of the team when teams stack the box, if they let him throw, the passing will open up thoughts. I mean, yeah, that's that's how play calling works. If you run the ball a lot, teams are going to start trying to stop the run, and that's when you pass the ball. The run-run pass uh, offensive scheme actually works out pretty well against most defenses, especially looking at LSU in a couple weeks. Uh, both quarterbacks might have a field day uh, in their strengths. Co-hosts and viewers, give me one second. I've got to get another bottle of water. Y'all can keep y'all keep hanging out. I'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> and, and just looking at if you if they just let Robbie throw it, it it might. I I just need Hugh Freeze to just let Robbie Ashford have like one down where he just like is just like a four verts play or just like a like an under play or something like that where I can be where people can be either. Everyone could be proven wrong in the fact that Robbie Ashford can't throw, or I can be proven right that Robbie Ashford can throw, kind of thing. I just need one of those plays, but I think Robbie Ashford can. I just, it's the scheme. They just, who was the, it was like a comment last week. It was like they think Peyton Thorne is a is a Montgomery guy, and an Ashford is a freeze guy, kind of thing. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Golly, this is bad. I don't remember who said that last week, but I do remember that being like a topic of conversation. Yeah, that certainly could be the case. I don't know. I mean, I just I think I said it last week. I have no backing. Because it seems like more play whenever it seems like Montgomery is said to be the play caller, we see a little bit less of Robbie than we do if it's like a freeze play, like calling the plays. But I mean, Freeze did say that he he saw every play that came through and he agreed with everything that Montgomery said. Honestly, I, I can't lie. I don't know if Montgomery's still gonna be there to see next year. I'm I'm leaning towards not. Yeah, I'm I'm in that bit, that boat. Ron Roberts in their hand. Oh <laughs> yeah. Pay him more. <laughs> Pay him a lot more. Uh sure. Teresa, the receivers aren't really there for the throwing either. So honestly, it's like they don't want either to throw unless they have to. The thing about this receiving core, this is like one of the most talented receiving cores Auburn's 
had in a hot minute from like from Shane Hooks to Jay Fair to Nick Mardner to Javarius Johnson, whenever he gets healthy, Jair Shorter needs to get the ball more. Camden Brown needs to get the Camden Brown got his first catch of the year, by the way. And it might have been his first target, uh, unless I, I just don't know the stats on that. It could have been. I, you just got to spread the ball out more. If you can't just have you can't have Rivaldo Fairweather as the only target you have on the field, you can't have Shane Hooks as the only like fifty fifty ball. He only had, I think Shane Hooks only had one target. Am I am I correct in saying that? I I think so. Hang on. Yeah, he did. Only because he didn't have another catch. It was just that fifty fifty ball to to force the pi. Yep. You just gotta spread the ball out more to more targets i mean you're just if it's it's the same factor of like having brock bowers on georgia if if it, no one no one on auburn is any close is close to being the level of talent that brock bowers is but if you have more targets to throw to you're going to keep a defense honest as well it's all about just making sure that hey this guy is they're not one receiver but this guy is not far behind you gotta have one guy on both those guys and oh crap we didn't Guard the guy in the slot. Here comes Jay Fair on the slant route. That's how you open up offense more. Teresa mentioned, I don't know why they aren't targeting others in games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe not running routes and right uh, right in practice. I mean, your guess is just as good as ours. Uh, I'm just going to be completely transparent. Teresa, I'm not saying it's not a great question because you certainly should be curious on that front. Um. I just I don't I don't I don't know if there's a rhyme or if there's a reason or if it's one of those just things fall apart or and not fall apart but just depreciate when you get in game. I don't know. There's lots of lots of things going on and you're not going up against the guys that you're running routes against every day now. I mean it's it's different on Saturdays, right? So uh, there's that. Let's see. Let Lloyd O'Daniel said shorter should not play because he loves on routes. Okay. Yes. Um. There is certainly <laughs> there's some there's some validity here. Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, Teresa said, I'm just a curious person. LOL. No, that's fine. You should ask all the questions um, of your favorite teams and, and of this of this program and you're one of a rebuild um, that you that you that you feel necessary because the odds that you're thinking it, and I'm glad you asked them here, the odds that you're thinking it and somebody else in here is thinking it and just hasn't chatted it yeah. or said it, it's pretty high. It's worth it's worth knowing that the offense wasn't the only part of this team that had a short had some shortcomings against Georgia. This defense, I know Jordan has a great offensive line. We've not seen a pass rush in a hot yeah, minute this year. And this LSU has a really good offense for compared to their you know their lack of defense. If you're gonna want to stop teams like with Jaden Daniels, you're gonna have to make him throw the ball more because Jaden Daniels can make a lot of people miss. Jaden Daniels is what I really wish Robbie Ashford could be this year uh but i'm gonna need another i'm finding another off season of a few freeze coaching up robbie uh but, number uh yes i do nine same, same vibe uh it i was a dual threat's typically wear number nine but drew Brees is not a dual threat so this is backtrack and joe burrow isn't really a dual threat either he can't run but i was just i was just relating it and making it vibey i don't know just same vibe. <laughs> but the the lack of pass rush is very evident i Carson Beck didn't get hit unless he already threw the ball. Eugene Asante folded him, but he already let the ball loose. Uh, and third down defense, third down offense especially, but third down defense. Got to get better. You got to get way better at that. And that's where the bye week comes into play. 
I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we that we missed to t- talk about. On, gotta, uh, you want you want a grade? I will say another. I will say one more positive. For as bad of uh, not as bad, for as yeah, for as bad as that loss hurt. Bless you, Daniel. It benefited <laughs> Auburn recruiting tenfold. Oh my gosh, um, I have beef with CBS. I got beef with CBS. I, I always have beef with CBS. Can I tell you why? Um, first off, Loopers, I need your help before I get into this. From now on, whenever you see the man wearing the red shirt and red hat holding that stupid sign with a clock on it, we all just boo. All right? We just all collaboratively boo. Whether you're for the home team or the road team, we just boo for three-and-a-half-minute oh, commercials. Those TV timeouts are so stupid. They're bad. All right. But CBS robbed us of the opportunity of that game being a six o'clock kickoff under the lights at Jordan Hare Stadium. And that would have been the only thing that would have been a bigger recruiting tool, barring a win. And I'll tell you what, night games at Jordan Hare get weird. They get weird. Um, I'm not saying that it makes a difference, like a game winning difference, but oh my God, can you imagine the atmosphere? It makes it makes an atmosphere difference, which yeah. I think it does make a game difference most of the time. But I mean also it's we talk you I, I know you talk we talk about this all the time with Lee Corso. I think maybe it's time to, you know, let him go out on a on a high horse. It's it's time for CBS to cut Brad and Gary. Uh, y'all got lucky. Warren had to listen to the game. Uh but there were several times where Brad called Nehemiah Pritchett DJ James or vice versa. Or, you know, just calling someone Peyton Thorne was in the game and Gary called him Robbie Ashford. Now, I don't want to say anything too out of the ordinary, <laughs> but they look they look a little different. <laughs> like I, those two need to be out of the booth. Like those two are just that's a pretty bad mix-up. Also, I heard who was it? Okay, those in the chat. I didn't watch CBS game broadcast. What did he call Jarquez? Jacquez. There's an R in his name. Yeah, they don't care. What the hell? All right, that's wild. Um, Jimmy Carter. Gakwe Danielson would like to do like a word. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's go into our grades. Let's go into our grades. And then we've got a couple questions, which is great. We'll, we'll come back into this. Let's go. Um, just go ahead and give them offense, defense, special. Oh, my God. You're going to have to drive, Dylan. I'm dying. All right. Uh, so offense, defense. So on and so forth. Uh, Daniel, let you kick off first for the offense. All right. So am I giving all three or just offense? Just go all three. All yeah, three. three. <clears throat> okay. Um, offense, I'm, I'm feeling nice today. Um, I'm going to go with a B. Offense. Defense. Um, I'm thinking a B plus. And then overall, a B. I mean, a real solid effort all around. And I would like to give an A here, but I just I can't give a loss an A, um, no matter how hard the team fought. If you, if you don't win the game, I, I can't give you an A. Okay. Um, I get that. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I'm going to go B plus, B plus, B plus, actually. Uh, maybe B, plus, B for the offense, B plus for the defense, B plus overall. Um, we'll say the defense – portion of my exam counted a little more points than the offensive portion of my exam um 
yeah, I I mean, this guys this is the best loss you could have ever had. I'm gonna be real. Like it's just the best best way to lose. Um, also, John Conley mentioned this is the only fan we're getting to or uh, listener we're getting to right now before we get to – we're coming back to all of you. We're going to give our grades. John Conley said, just hopped on. How are we feeling, boys? Better now that you're here, John Conley. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> all right, Dylan, your grades. Yeah, so start off with the uh, defense. I'm going to give the defense a B plus. Uh, you held on for as long as you could. I uh, had two and a half very, 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 very good quarters of defense. And then Brock Bowers just, you know, did what Brock Bowers does, which is just out man and outclass every single person he is he's around on the field. Offense, I've it's like a I'm I'm trying to debate on what grade it would be. I'm trying to see what kind of professor I am. It's like a 79.5. I'm like, do I give him the point five or round do up, I round up? Rick Smith rounded me up to a B. So you should round them up. I'll give the offense a B. Uh the passing, uh not the lack of downfield passing uh drops or not uh that affects it here uh got to use Robbie Ashford more to get to keep a defense honest Robbie Ashford needs to touch the ball more in general I know I'm wearing his jersey but that's just how I feel with with the Robbie Ashford truth trutherism that's how I feel uh overall grades a B uh like how y'all said can't give a loss an A you can give an effort you can have an A for effort but a B for the game also, if there was like a side category for game planning, this would be an A. Oh, hold on, yeah. one more time, one more thing. Uh, I'm not going to account this into the overall grade, but special teams gets an A plus because Oscar Chapman is going to win the Ray Guy Award. That's luck. Correct. And Alex McPherson might find his way on to Lugroso Award. Yeah, that kid's good. <laughs> that guy could... Has has Ray... a team? I asked this question, no one answered it. Has anyone? Ever has the team ever won the Lou Groza and the Ray Guy in the same year? The fact that nobody answered it means that nobody knew. <laughs> Awards people should care more about. Who cares about the Heisman Trophy anymore? Was, the Ray Guy Award no, I get it. is the better award. Um, okay, so we're going to start with um, Jimmy Carter. And James, I saw you said um, last question. Dude, if you got more, roll them in. I mean, like, it's not hurting our feelings. We're, we're here to answer. Y'all, y'all dictate how long we're gonna be. Yeah, here. Not, from here not, on out, you got you guys decide how long we're here. We're happy to be here for another however long. Or where you're happy to get off and stop talking if you're tired of hearing us. You mean start but, with the start questions? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll start there. But James, never feel like you can't ask a question, even if we're like trickling down. Or you want to go back, or it's another question about another team. We're happy to talk about it. Don't feel bad. We appreciate you. All right, don't. I need to drink some water. <laughs> All right, starting off uh, with Lloyd O'Daniel. Why does Roberts do blitz man to get to third 12, then go cover two, which leaves the best tight end in America wide open in the middle? We talked about this a lot, actually. I I don't think – I think this team runs too much zone coverage, I got to be honest. Uh, Kaden Lee had a lot of plays where he just looked like a true freshman on the field whenever they asked him to play zone a little too much. Okay. And that's just – what that's – that's just something that goes with the personnel. This personnel is made for man to man. Also, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. That. I, I got to go back and watch film from this game. Um, I don't think that Roberts. Uh, I think that there probably is a mixture of a little too much zone, but um, I, I don't know. The way that he's been calling ball, I'm just not questioning anything. It also doesn't help that there's no, there's no pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean that, that also can affect everything. But I mean, at some point. Daniel, is that schematics or is that just personnel? <laughs> like, um, like, it's a little bit of both. Um, like I've 
said on this show many, many times. I'm very proud of my very proud of my time as a defensive back. Um, and whether you play zone or man, really just it mainly depends on the opposition. Um, if you don't have the athletes to keep up with somebody, you can't run man. So in that case, you have to run zone. Um, if you do have the athletes, man is always more ideal. Um, but then one thing you have to remember is if you run man and a guy blows his assignment, it's over. Um, but in zone, if someone blows their assignment, there's almost always another option to provide support. It's like playing help defense in basketball. Right. So there are pros and cons to both and really has less to do with you and more to do with your opponent. I agree. I also just the way that Ron Roberts has been calling ball. I'm just. Yeah. I mean, he's getting the most out of this defense. Yeah, I, you want to talk about a guy that's doing more with less right now? Let's talk about a dude that's doing more. I mean, not the DBs. Not the DBs. They're not less. Everything else. <laughs> also, this bye week put Austin Keys in a cast. Oh, yeah. Let, let him go outside with the club. I, I whack some LSU offensive line with that thing because you they need him back. Uh, and it's not because the linebackers went bad either. I think Larry Nixon and and Eugene Asante have stepped up tremendously. I think they've both found ways where they're probably going to be splitting time with Austin Keys, even if he's 100% healthy. Because uh, Larry Nixon, I just don't think they used him properly in the latter half of the game. They try to use him more of a coverage guy, and he's not a coverage guy. But, I mean, after Austin Keys, you don't really have a coverage guy in this linebacker core. Uh, and that's just the issue that comes with the personnel and some of the play calling that happens. Uh, throwing it back to former El Presidente, Jimmy Carter. Uh, Marcus Harris and Jalen Simpson made some money yesterday. Can Lee can take Bridget's spot, TBH. Yeah, Marcus Harris, I think, played his best game of football by far Saturday. And Jalen Simpson just does what Jalen Simpson does best, which is force turnovers. Uh, which is, again, just something awesome that uh, only a genius could have predicted him to lead Auburn in, inter- in interceptions this year. And uh, I look in the mirror and see that guy every day who said that. Uh, I'm not ready for KN Lee to be a full-time starter yet, though. I'm not either. Neither is KN Lee. <laughs> I'm um, but dude, that dude's playing on Sundays. We all agree. Raise your hand he if KN Lee is playing on Sundays. All right. So that's established. I've got two hands up as well. But let's go ahead and make sure that's clear. I'm not ready for us to start talking down on Nehemiah Pritchett when he's coming back from injury. I'm not ready there. I'm not ready yet. Um, we, If he plays, has another down game or two, like if by Ole, Ole Miss, we're not like Nehemiah Pritchett's back to what Nehemiah Pritchett can be. All right, we can talk then. Um, there's an adjustment period of coming back off rehab and getting back to playing high-speed football. Um, and I didn't think Nehemiah played bad. So um, if he can get healthy, you're going to learn really quickly. And uh, Jimmy Carter, I respect all of your um, – Jimmy, I appreciate all your your takes and your opinions. But, um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Nehemiah Pritchett defender. Um, I, I mean, I'll be transparent. But – He wasn't in the box score, so – Yeah. Play, we, we know he played this time around. Yeah. He played this time around. He's not in the box score. That means he was probably doing something right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think his coverage is fine. It's just got – I agree. Not the best game from Nehemiah, but I think that you give give him one more. Like get, get, meet me in the middle, Jimmy, and just give him LSU. That's give all. Him bye, give him the bye week. And if if he's not significantly better and making big time, you know, PBUs 
or doesn't have a, t- a, a turnover or you know a target that went his way that he made a big play on by then then I'll, we can have that discourse but i'm not i'm not giving up on Nehemiah yet and back to jimmy with what's one unpopular opinion you guys have about hobbard or the football <laughs> season so far just one mine would be that dark west hunter is not rb1 and it's no slight towards him i think he's a I think he's better as a complimentary back. Tar, I feel like you have a lot to say on his opinion as it stands, though. About Jarquez? <laughs> About Jarquez not being the, the RB1. Um, well, my RB1's hurt. Uh, <laughs> I think so, Batie. I think Batie might play his way into that. Um, you know, first off, um, Jarquez Hunter might be a, a really – like really might – his role might be a complimentary back. I, I think Jarquez has been just fine. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think yeah. especially especially like come, once he kind of got back into his groove of things, Jarquez is still very much Jarquez. You're not seeing those big chunk plays because people are scheming for Jarquez Hunter. They're not scheming for Tank Bixby. Um, and now you're kind of seeing Brian Batie kind of take those little you know, chunk play roles, right? Um, who uh, That dude is just awesome. He's just so fun to watch play he's football. Gonna, he's going to take one back to the house. He absolutely is. Um, it's just a matter of when. I'm about to say, my running back – I thought you were talking about my running back room take that I think that Mario Olsen's the best running back in this room. Um, that's there's, my, a couple of, there's a couple of takes you have about the running back room. Um, yeah, I got a few of those. Um, <laughs> my most unpopular opinion on this team um, – I don't know, man. I got a lot of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can I, go first. Mine's pretty easy. Yeah, so can we, well, I know what yours is, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, my unpopular opinion is the fact that uh, I get hate for this all the time. Mm-hmm. I think Robbie Ashford needs to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, that's I think that's, he's I think he has an he has the pro the upside to be an X Factor quarterback. I just think he needs time to progress and develop as a passer and to get there. But I think Robbie Ashford has all the tangibles you want in an X factor quarterback. There's that was the layup question for you. Daniel, what's your unpopular? Yeah, <laughs> it was my unpopular opinion is that. Hmm. Oh, mine is that Coy Moore should get more involved. <laughs> is that an unpopular opinion? I think so. I think a lot of people think Coy Moore stinks. And I'm kind of yeah. starting. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of starting to think Coy Moore stinks. <laughs> um, hmm. I think that. Oh my! I don't know why I'm struggling. <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I caught you off guard there. No one was expecting the guy in the Robbie Ashford jersey to say that he thinks Robbie Ashford should be the starting quarterback. I'm going to rephrase mine. My answer is that I think Coy Moore is significantly better than people think Coy Moore is. <laughs> I th- you think Coy Moore is better than Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery think that Coy Moore is. <laughs> hey, if you can think Robbie Ashford's better than Hugh and Philip think Robbie Ashford is, then I'm allowed to say that about Coy Moore. Mine just Robbie more- Ashford gets on the field way more than Coy Moore does. Hold on a ju- wait, wait, let me finish. I was going to say, mine's just way more niche and a little bit more of a, a long shot. <laughs> Um, man, with all that banter there, I should have uh, had ample time to come up with something. We were trying to buffer for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, okay. All right. I got it. Um, crap. What was I going to say? Brian Batiste should be lead back. There you go. That's something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That kind of builds yeah. off of what George Jimmy was saying in the first place. George said even at 170 pounds, I haven't seen Batiste get stood up yet. Good vision or following blocks well. He's a nice surprise. Is he a surprise? I mean, Cadillac even said in the spring, no one gets good looks in on him. 
licks. I mean, I think the fact is we all thought he was going to come in and just be the X Factor at the kick return game. Oh, that's another take I have. I don't know how popular this is. I think Brian Petit legitimately should be returning punts right now. I have a cramp. I have to stand up. Sorry, everyone. The thing is, it's there's only a certain amount of guys who can be good kick returners and good punt returners. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's find out if he can be one. <laughs> who was returning punts? Coy Moore was, was returning punts. Returning punts. Coy yeah, Moore's been back there. It's supposed to be Keontae, but, you know. He's hurt. Um, Jalen Simpson a time or two. Come on, Coy, do something for me, damn it. Hey, maybe Robbie Ashford can do it. That's an idea. Now, now we're we're cooking burnt toast, but we're cooking something. <laughs> Get Robbie the ball as much as you possibly can, and there's ways to do that. I prefer him to be playing quarterback, though. <laughs> uh, get back to Teresa. Lots of recruits praised on Twitter, especially ones who are committed elsewhere, saying that the game gave them something to think about. I mean, uh, first one that comes to my mind, KJ Bolden said something about said something pretty. Too long, by the way, Teresa. I don't know. I. Uh, might be back against LSU. We don't know yet. Yeah, that's that was the latest thing I've heard. The consensus as of right now is LSU, but don't be shocked if they flex that Ole Miss. Yeah, it'd be maybe maybe LSU. That's best case I, LSU. Worst case probably Mississippi State. State. Um, who do we play? Vanderbilt maybe. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's beginning in November. Yeah. Wow. Shoot. That stinks. Oh, uh, what is what? What? What do you damage again? What was it? So it's kind. Of, I forget what it is, but it's that same injury that Jalen Hurts had in 2018. Um, mm. he was what do I? What do I have to donate? Uh, I don't know. Some in your leg. Um, Hurts was good to go. <laughs> Hurts was good to go in two weeks after that, uh, and it's been about that. Um, having the bye week really beneficial. So there's definitely a chance he goes against. I feel like it's, I feel like the most probable case is Ole Miss, um, just because Ole Miss and LSU are a week apart. But I still feel, I'm thinking like, fifty percent chance LSU and like seventy five percent chance Ole Miss on that. Daniel's weatherman forecast vibes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to be a weatherman, dude. I really do. They okay. can suck at their job and you make good money. So I'm trying to think who are all the other. There's so many other recruits that were talking pretty about Auburn. I'm, KJ Bolden, the first one coming to my coming to my mind, talking about uh, KJ Bolden. Uh, okay. Yeah, KJ Bolden. Let's go down to James real quick. Um, and this is, I think, going to round us out. So if you got any more questions, make sure you throw them in uh, in the chat because we're, we're getting close to the end here, folks. Okay, fellas, last question. LOL. Like I said, you can ask all you want, even though we made mistakes on both sides of the ball. How possible is it we went out? I'm sorry to laugh. Obviously, with a little better QB play. Thoughts? Question mark. Um, mm. Hmm. All right. So listing listing out the games. We'll just give our thoughts. G- give a percentage on the chance Auburn wins each game that I mentioned. Okay. I feel like that's the easiest way to go about this, and then we okay. can just. All right. So by week. Zero percent chance we win. <laughs> All right. So averaging out of fifty. Okay. <laughs> All right, so at LSU, like forty, yeah, forty percent consensus, forty percent. Yeah, uh, then you got Ole Miss, fifty-five, sixty percent, seventy-five. Uh, Mississippi State, eighty, ninety. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I'm about to go ninety. <laughs> They're really bad. Uh, Arkansas, 
75. 70. I'm gonna go 80. I'll, I'll go 70 with you, Daniel. So we'll round out. So well, I guess it would have been 75 anyways. I'm yeah. not <laughs> then that'd be after that'd be Vanderbilt. 98. 90. Yeah, I, was say, I literally was about to say 95. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to the country music station. Uh, 98.9. Yeah. WBAM. Uh, New Mexico State. 100. Mm, yeah, yeah. 100. Yeah. 100. That team's terrible. Alabama. 40. I think 50. Well, we're going to have to stay at 50 because I was going to say 60. Ooh. I'm telling y'all, I'm dangerously, I'm dangerously confident in Auburn's ability to upset Alabama this year. So, overall, the only game that we're not in the positive on is LSU. I Okay, can I just be real? Yeah. Auburn's absolutely not winning out. <laughs> what do you mean? Let's answer the question. Let's answer the question. All right. The percent chance that Auburn wins out is like fewer, in my opinion, fewer than 10%. Like I think maybe fewer than 5%. And I say that because you're, you're, you, you have to drop one of those games. Like one of those games, not named New Mexico State, like anything is on the table. Ask this question after Auburn leaves Baton Rouge, and then I'll have a more direct Yeah, tell, tell you what, if Auburn, Auburn goes into Baton Rouge and wins, then, then that percent chance might go up. If Auburn goes into Baton Rouge, wins, and then beats Ole Miss at home, now we're looking at a different ball club. We're looking at right now. There, I, spoiler alert for the uh, Ole Miss pregame prediction. I'm already predicting Auburn to win that game. <laughs> Auburn don't lose to Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. That don't happen. That's all right. But it does, but that's okay. <laughs> it happened once in like 10 years. No, that one I'm not going to pull the whole like never beating them again chart card. I'm not doing that at all. I don't believe <laughs> that at all. Um, I don't. Teresa. Okay, perfect. I'm throwing this up. Perfect. Teresa. I think all of the games are winnable, but do we win the all, win all the games? That's a lot. You're Yes. That's the exact premise. That is the exact premise, Teresa. Um, I think Auburn has a chance at every single game it plays for the remainder of the year. Matter of fact, Auburn should have had a chance in going into college, like going into College Station. We thought Auburn had a chance in every single game this year. Clearly, that just wasn't the case. Um, the disparity between the two live streams are very evident. Yeah. Last week it was. I don't think Auburn, Auburn can barely get six games. Eight games is back on the table. Yeah, eight's on the table. Eight's on the table. Nine, also on the table. Okay. Ten's uh, George, on the table. George Mac, mathematically, George Matthews, what percent chance would I have said at this point? We have said at this point in 2013. I was 13 years old, man. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's an easy question. Uh, you're coming off the three and nine season, the 0 and 8 in the SEC. You're three and two, so you're like, oh, cool. We're going to win like seven games this year. That's progress. So that's what I would have. That's what I would have thought in 2013. Uh, but Auburn also only had one loss in the regular season, 2013. And it's hard to believe that that was done without the transfer portal being what it is now. Unbelievable. Uh, Nick Marshall. Well, oh, yeah. Was Juco. Never mind. He was Juco. Never mind. Still, it's not what, like the transfer portal. The modern transfer portal, like Daniel says. Yeah. Um, it's crazy what Gus Malzahn used to be. Retroactively, if we were sitting like this, like what at this point in 2013, I would have said exactly what Dylan said and been like zero percent chance you went out. Um, have I would said, who are y'all to? Yeah, I, yeah, right. I, yeah, I would have been like, hi, I have a science test in my seventh grade class tomorrow or whatever it was. I don't know, eighth grade. Uh, it would have been eighth grade. I was seventh grade. 
No, it was eighth grade. No, you've turned 14. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it was eighth grade. Yeah, it was eighth grade because I remember exactly walking into my first period math class after the kick six game, and I was very allowed. It's good. That tracks, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was in the eighth grade, so I was probably a little more worried about, um, I don't know, if I was You were You were fresh off of a tech loss to Georgia. That tracks. I was going to say I was probably more concerned about, like, um, if they had pizza at lunch or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine the three of us just randomly spawning in a room together in October of 2013, just how wacky that would have been. That would have been wild. I'd have been like, who the hell are you people? <laughs> right? Right? Anything else we got for the greater good, folks? Um, oh, Tori, you, you actually would have been very upset because that was actually the 41-34 double overtime loss to Georgia. Oh, that was so brutal. And Bobby Dodd. Yeah, that was so brutal. I remember that game. That stupid, freaking game. That's a stupid game. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you bad memories. <laughs> Daniel, there are two ways people can support us on the show, and I'm gonna I need you to read them both because I don't have the voice. All right. So, Dylan, how are you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling pretty okay. I got my Robbie Ashford jersey. Uh, it's Robbie Ashford's birthday. Uh, I feel pretty good. Mm. I, I'm feeling loopy. You didn't play along. That sucks. I did play. Well, there is, oh, there is my internet. No, it rebounded. We're good. Um, if anyone out there is feeling a little loopy, we have the shirt for you. Dylan, throw that up. Good. Throw that up there. $25. www.thewarreport.com. $25. Beautiful. You can also grab it from the link in our bio. If you haven't already liked and subscribed to the channel, make sure you do so. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Use hashtag. That is another way. That's right. Uh, use hashtag feeling loopy. If you purchase a t-shirt, tweet at us on the Bird app, and we'll make sure to throw it up on any of the streams. If it sounded like we didn't have energy tonight, guys, I want y'all to know it's not depression. It is exhaustion, um, and my voice is really good. A little bit of depression. Well, there might be that. Um, I'm going to try to fight my way through the rest of this. So. If you guys have not already subscribed to the YouTube, please, please, please do. We are going to start starving Dylan, uh, not Dylan, excuse me, Colin, um, beginning after um, the end of the bye week um, until we get up to 700. So whether or not he eats is in your court starting next week. Um, make sure, like I said, ring the bell so you can stay up to date with all the latest content. We did have a first installment of Outside the Loop unintentionally dropped today, but it did drop today. <laughs> uh, so make sure you go check that one out. Make sure you give us feedback and support us on all of our socials that Dylan will tell you about. Daniel, tell wherever they can find you, love you, and support you. You can find me on X or Twitter or whichever you want to call it at Daniel J. Locke. Yeah, first try. Um, you put it more down. It's um, who cares? Uh, you can find my written work for eighteen nineteen news or for the Auburn Daily or for Braves Today, whatever floats your boat. And if you want to see what's going on in my life, you can follow me on Instagram at Daniel J. Locke. I made a nice cameo on the Instagram today. It was awesome. I'm uh, I'm Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on the Bird app, also at by Harrison Tar on Instagram. And if you want to find me anywhere else, you can probably find me at that handle. Odds are extremely, extremely high. Um, once again, like, subscribe, ring the bell. Thank you guys. Love all you guys for working our way towards 700 subs. Hope you guys enjoyed the weekend. Even though Auburn didn't pull out the victory, it was fantastic weather for a ball game. Weather was beautiful in Auburn, and gosh, y'all brought the brought the energy. It was so great to be home. Um, I was, yeah, I'll tell you what, it gets harder and harder to, to turn around and leave Auburn, Alabama every time I leave. Um, so you guys are the best. Loopers are the best. Thank you guys. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Dylan, let's get out of here. I'm Dylan Lark, at you build the tank on Twitter slash X. It redirects. It's just right there at you build the tank at Y A B O Y the tank. There you go, Teresa. I completely agree. It should just make it Twitter again.
Uh, and of course, you have Instagram at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. Should I spell my name correctly? Most people can't anyways, but yeah, D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. And of course, if you want to follow us here on the College Loop, you have us literally everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and right here on YouTube. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Leave your comments. Leave your thoughts on the game. Uh, get ready, because guess what? We have softball to talk about on the next episode, because softball's back. Fall ball. And more volleyball. And, and more volleyball soccer. and soccer, but softball for me, softball is my third favorite sport here at Auburn. And it's like very, it's a close three. Well, football, then basketball and softball are close. Yeah. I do love softball. Amelia Leck can rake, by the way. Uh, she's going to be exciting to watch. And of course you should, like I said, like, comment, subscribe. And also if you want to, if you're tired of watching the YouTube, if you're tired of seeing our faces, if you're tired of hearing, watching Tar try to speak, cause it hurts to watch him speak. Cause his voice is gone. You got the audio version, which is going to be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And, of course, with all of that being said, this has been the College Loop post-game reaction to the Deep South oldest rivalry.